FPL is back, as is the jam-packed schedule. Champions League came back almost without me even realising completely until I saw kind of Twitter light up with the, the Liverpool and City teams on, on Tuesday and then obviously Man U and Chelsea after that on, on Wednesday. But yeah, football's kind of non-stop at the minute. The kind of schedule is as jam-packed as it can be with Monday games and Friday games on as well, which means... Those of us who write articles, make podcasts, have to kind of cram it in. So this is a late pod, certainly one of the later podcasts. We're kind of 24 hours before the deadline already. Um, and it, the game week only finished a couple of days ago. And there's there's been games since. That's how mad it is at the minute. But yet, non-stop, we go again. This is the preview for game week six. Welcome back to the Brandits broadcast. This week, we're going to be talking about Rodriguez replacements. Um, he's just been announced as injured and probably out for this weekend's game. And given he's such a high on player, we'll be looking at him. Um, we'll be talking about Son and Kane, who just keep, seem to keep firing. And we've got to talk about the most informed team in the league as well, Aston Villa. So that's what's on the agenda this week. Welcome back to the Bandits broadcast. I am FPL Bandit. So yeah, starting off with the injury news then. So Hemes Rodriguez um, is injured for Everton. He's super well earned at 43%. Um, and that's that was going up this week as well. It's kind of already been brought in by a quarter of a million managers. So now it's kind of thinking stations again with kind of what to do with him. Now it sounds like it's not going to be a long-term injury at all. There is even a small chance that he does still start the Sunday game against Southampton. I, thought I wanted to cover it anyway just because of how well-owned he is. I mean, he's owned by 60% of managers in the top 10K, so he's clearly a popular pick. Now, the main kind of standout option at this kind of bracket um, is definitely Grealish, um, kind of for obvious reasons. Just Villa in general look great, and and Grealish has been a huge part of that scoring, scoring three goals and th- getting three assists as well, which is exactly the same as Rodriguez. Um, the, the stats are really similar as well. Um, he's had slightly fewer shots, but they've had basically the same amount of key passes. Grealish has made three big chances um, across those games. And it, I mean, it's worth looking. At, I mean, I'm looking at the shots and things like that for the for the two players at the minute. But it's worth remembering that Grealish has played, played one less game as well. So these kind of stats per game are actually higher than Rodriguez and certainly anyone else in the price bracket. So Grealish is definitely the standout option. Um, if you've already got him, um, or you want to go kind of slightly, slightly out there, a bit spicier perhaps, Zaha is definitely probably the next one that stands out. He's had more goals, four goals, um, but no assists, and that's kind of the the stats for things like shots and everything like that. So they've had. So basically, Rodriguez has had twelve, Grealish has had nine, Zaha has had eleven. So they're kind of comparable. It's when it comes to creativity, um, where Azar kind of lets lets things down. So whilst Rodriguez and Grealish had fifteen and fourteen key passes, Zaha's had just five, and he hasn't made a single big chance. Um, and as a result of that, I suppose he hasn't had a single assist either. So you are really just paying for goals when you if you are going for Zaha. He does have really nice fixtures, um, probably the best out of the bunch. Um, I think to consider as well, kind of 
similar stats, really, really similar stats to Zaha are is Bowen, who looks really good as well. Um, again, he's not kind of looking like he's going to be getting many assists, but he's certainly been taking plenty of shots. Um, and West Ham just kind of look like a different different kind of team at the minute. They've just come back from 3-0 behind against Tottenham. They'll obviously have the great two results before that. The obvious problem with Bowen is he has the two most difficult games in the league in the next two with City and Liverpool. So it's probably a more difficult one to stomach, um, especially given we know this is probably going to be... I mean, Rodrigo's owners, you're probably going to be tempted to hold anywhere. Um, but to switch to someone who has... City and Liverpool in the next two probably doesn't sound very appealing, whereas someone like Zaha has much better fixture short term. So Zaha this weekend has Fulham, which is perfect, um, and then Wolves after that, which isn't great, but still Fulham this weekend is probably the best you could ask for. So yeah, they're, they're the kind of standout options there. So last week with with Amy on the podcast. Thank you again, Amy, for joining me last week. It, it kind of became a bit of a Spurs podcast, didn't it? and perhaps rightfully so, because Son and Kane just seem to keep doing the business. So just to kind of give you a bit of background on, on what I did this week, um, I brought in, I know I was considering both, both Gareth Bale and Aguero, but I decided to play it super safe, super obvious, um, and transferred in Kane and Son. Um, with Kane getting the armband. Um, this was for KDB and Adams and KDB. Just quickly on him, it sounds like he's back. So for any sellers, any any sellers, maybe we're already looking at kind of how long we can survive without him. And for people that have hold on and kept the faith, fair play, um, it might come come to reward you with their game against West Ham this weekend. But yeah, so the Spurs guys, so, I mean. Sadly, Adam's got a, a double return as well, but Kane and Son just absolutely smashing it at the minute. Uh, and don't show any signs at all of kind of that letting up that both of them just kind of lead in terms of all the stats you want them to lead in um, for just the game overall. I mean, they're, they're top in FPL points by 10 is the next closest player in Salah. Um, Kane's taking as many shots as Salah. Um, so it's which is the most in the league with 25. So they're kind of doing just kind of the, the stats support the the returns. These aren't the five goals Kane have scored aren't unusual. Um, his seven assists are probably a bit higher than we'd expect based on the stats, but it's still not that that's kind of reliant on some kind of at the minute he's kind of really overperforming his xG. But kind of class players do that, and they do that when they're in form, which is what what these, these two are at the minute. And that's also buoyed by the fact that Son obviously got four in one game, which kind of is rare to see a player kind of have an XG to match that. They've got three really nice fixtures, but someone raised a very, really good point, actually. I had a question from Christopher on Twitter, at Chris Mozart, who asked, with Spurs facing a strong Burnley defence, do I take a minus four to bring Kane in, or should I roll the transfer till next week? And I, I agree, Burnley are a strong defence, because despite where you see them in the league table at the minute, which is in the relegation zone, um, admittedly with a game in hand, but I mean, Villa have a game in hand and they're, they're in the top four at the minute. So with, with kind of Burnley, but that's a bit deceiving kind of where they are in the table at the minute, because in terms of 
their expected goals against um, kind of actually mid-table in terms of how they are as a defensive unit. So they are stronger defensively. Admittedly, attacking-wise, they are probably right down there. And if it was just on attacking-wise, you probably maybe would expect them to stick around the relegation zone. But we know what we're getting with Berlin defence. They've always been, as long as they've been in the Premier League, they've been an option. And because of that, it means they're actually a good, they are a good defensive defensive team. So it kind of, I understand not wanting to maybe take a hit for one of them this week. Now, I never necessarily like answering specifically on whether you should take a hit or not, because it depends who you're removing for that. I've seen people kind of talking about Jimenez, maybe Ings, um, kind of to Kane. If it's those two, I really just wouldn't be considering it at all. But that, again, there's a caveat to everything because I would not be considering that because I'm assuming you earn Son. If you don't earn either of these guys, I think you just have to prioritise getting one of them in because they do seem to be almost, they are just kind of covering each other at the minute in terms of points. They're assisting each other a lot. So it's kind of, it is the combo. Often I'm kind of, you can't get coverage from, for example, if you get Aguero, you don't necessarily get any points when Sterling scores a hat-trick. But at the minute, because of the way they're playing, they are just playing with two men forward. That might change a bit when Bale, Bale comes into the mix a bit more, kind of as a permanent fixture. But at the minute, it really is those two that just kind of bomb forward and have, if you look at the heat maps for the, the Spurs games, it's purely them two just kind of, far and away up the field whereas if you compare that to some, someone like City where the heat map is basically 10 players in the opposition half it's a bit of a different story so they, they do kind of cover each other so if you can get one of them in I don't think you worry too much about the other one I think they're both absolutely fine to captain and if you do earn both then, then fair play but I wouldn't worry if you earn some about especially taking a hit for Kane this week especially given the fixture. But if you don't own either, then I think, obviously, get one of them in. But what I wouldn't be doing is... So back to kind of the original question on what to do with kind of getting Kane in. I probably wouldn't be selling someone like Jimenez or or Danny Ings because they, they both still look absolutely fine. Um, Ings has Everton this weekend and... And Jimenez has Newcastle. I mean, Jimenez Newcastle, that's an infinitely better fixture than... Kane against Burnley so I'd kind of look to stick with both Jimenez and Ings and hopefully you've got another forward you can shift or move up or if you don't then get Son in at mid and not worry about Kane too much I would kind of just on Spurs as well which is why I wouldn't if you don't own either I wouldn't rush to double up certainly I'd maybe kind of look at bringing one of them in but they're fixtures after so they've got Brighton after Burnley and then West Brom after that so brilliant you probably want one or two but after that, they've got an absolutely horrible run. So they've got City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, fine, and Liverpool. And then even Leicester and Wolves after that. There's not an easy game until they play Fulham on the 28th of December. So this is, in my opinion, the reason I was tempted into Kane over Aguero is because someone someone said to me, well, Kane is an easy switch to Aguero. And that's completely true. It's just kind of despite what they've done for me this week and what I hope for them to do over the next few weeks, they are purely placeholders at the minute, which is why I'm also not too worried. I wasn't too worried about getting rid of KDB because it's not it's not too much of a stretch to get Son back to KDB when 
well, I hoped he'd been injured. Well, not hoped he'd been injured, but I expected him to be injured more than one game week, and the switch could have been at a similar time. So, yeah, I just I, it means what I'm kind of saying by all this is I wouldn't necessarily panic if you don't know both of them particularly. It's just they are only going to be short-term options, I think. We've probably got to talk about the most informed team in the league, then the only team that hasn't dropped a point yet, and that's Aston Villa, with their four wins in four. And I think, if we're being honest, Man City are probably a bit pleased that they've dodged that fixture early on, because I wouldn't want to be playing them yet. Uh, who have Leeds got this weekend again? Oh dear. So yeah, I mean, they've seemingly got options, and a lot of them are scoring points. Grealish, I've already mentioned a bit, I do think is a really great option and a good replacement for Rodriguez or just generally a good a good little punt. It's a good it's a difficult price bracket, personally, I think. Um it would have either been a kind of replacement for kind of Foden, but that would have been a stretch of money. Um and I don't necessarily think Foden's a back pick anywhere. So it's it's a bit of a weird price bracket, but maybe you're downgrading downgrading a more premium player to kind of bring Kane in or something like that. But he, he looks really good and looks good for his price. Um, a lot of people talking about Barkley as well. Um, he's had a brilliant start, two goals in two. His stats kind of back it up as well. And I'm really cautious of recommending Barkley because he always seems to be... I don't understand why. I don't know if it's kind of... Well, I, yeah, I don't know what it is, so I don't even want to kind of speculate. But he always seems to be a really popular kind of pick within kind of the, the FPL, FPL community. He's always right up there and kind of, I remember this time, well, pre-season last year, he was right up there in kind of template template drafts when he was at Chelsea. People just seem to really like him for, for some reason. I'm, I'm not really in that park, but he's doing, he didn't do it at Chelsea really, um, certainly not in FPL. So maybe, maybe Villa could be a better suit. Now he's got nine shots in his, well, sorry, eight shots in his first two games at Villa. So his stats kind of back up that those aren't two goals that he's just stumbled on. Um, he's been taking plenty of chances. So I wouldn't begrudge anyone getting him. Um, I'm not going to rush him to get him myself just because I don't I don't really back him as a player. and I, don't, I just don't like seeing that name in my team sheet. Ross Barkley. I don't know why you're doing it to you. Well, no, I do. I, I get it. His stats are good. He's looked good. He's got two in two. And Villa look great. And it's an easy, easy way in. He's much easier to get in than someone like Grealish, for example. Like Barkley's an easy swap for maybe someone like Pernance if you're not being happy with him or you've been annoyed with his returns or someone like that. It's an easier it's an easier switch at that price. He's 5-9 at the minute. Then Watkins as well, um, who kind of hasn't been talked about as much because he didn't get a return last weekend. But he did get that hat-trick against Liverpool, um, so I don't think we should forget him. He's at £6 million, which is... I don't know what people's forwards lines look at the minute. If we're assuming you've got Kane and DCL, kind of what is, is that third forward Ings or Jimenez? Um, if not, kind of... If you're at someone like, like for example, Bamford... I'd, pro- I'd be looking at potentially getting Watkins in instead of the minute. And it, as much as it pains me to say that, but I just think Villa looked like a much more effective attacking team as much as it pains me to kind of... No, 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 no. Uh, uh, uh. 
But if you had someone like Bamford um, or, or Morpay, Brighton, who you've maybe had points with to start with, but I, th- I think now that's a that's a switch you might be kind of be able to debate. Or maybe if you've got Chris Wood at Burnley, who Burnley just haven't hit the ground running attacking-wise, I, th- I think Watkins could be an easy pick at six million. Hold the front page, hold the back page. There's an injury everybody's talking about, and that's Van Dyke, who sounds like he will miss approximately eight months. So everybody is panicking, particularly Liverpool fans and the media. So when that news broke, for some reason, I've decided to transfer in Robertson. That's right, when everyone else is worried about their Liverpool defenders, I've decided to double up now, earning Trent and Robertson for a combined price of $14.5 My kind of thoughts behind this, well, partly was there wasn't much thought, and, and partly because I do still expect them to get attacking returns. And I do think... If I do only want one, I probably do want it to be Robertson. So I may as well get him in now, uh, see how things settle. And then if I am transferring someone out, that can be Trent. Now, how that kind of will turn out remains to be seen. VVD being as influential as he is, the best, as he is, sorry, the best defender at Liverpool, the best defender in the league, arguably the best in the world. So... Understandably, people are worried about their Liverpool defenders. What I would do, they have what I think and would say is the best chance of a clean sheet this weekend um, you can get, which is at Anfield, Sheffield United, who have scored how many goals in their first five games? Two. Two goals, which is less than ideal. So... I th- well, less than ideal for Sheffield fans, more than ideal for us with double Liverpool defence. Now, they've got West Ham after that, which isn't as good cleanable chance, but I think it's still a team, especially at Anfield, you expect them or want them to, definitely last year, get a clean sheet. Now, if that doesn't happen, the fixtures after that kind of turn a bit worse, um, certainly from a clean sheet perspective. So I think after that is when we need to start thinking about selling our defender or defenders from Liverpool. It's a lot of money to be spending if they don't get clean sheets. Now, the attacking returns, for example, like I think Trent and Robertson would get more clean, well, more assists, sorry, than, say, Grealish, who's at a very similar price, admittedly less goals. So you want the clean sheets to outdo Grealish's goals, which might not actually happen if they don't have VVD. Normally, that should be a no-brainer, which is why these players are no-brainer picks. Because they match the attacking players in terms of assists and then outscore them when the clean sheet clean sheets versus goals. So that, on a very basic level, is why we have these players in our teams. If the clean sheets aren't there, ergo the goals aren't there, then maybe we do need to be spending less money in defence, downgrading and spending money up at top. There's just so many options elsewhere in mid and forward. There's five or six forward you can justify having at the minute. There's Salah, Mane, Son. Arguably even... Well, no, not arguably. There's then KDB. There's then Sterling. 
There's just so many premium options at the minute. It's not a good time to be spending 14 and a half million <laughs> in the defense. But here we are. This is why I've got a podcast. So I can share my wisdom with my friends. <laughs> That's what you are, friends. Welcome to Bandit's Broadcast. October is here, and with it, it's the spooky season, which means the spicy pick this week is... It's the spooky pick! Uh, Yeah, that's right, it's the spooky pick. It's the same concept, it's just a different name. Every week I pick a player that's earned by less than 5% of all teams. This time, we're moving over to the mighty white. Leeds United have Pascal Stroik, who is a £4 million defender, who will, this has already been confirmed, will stand in for Phillips at CDM. A couple of things to bear in mind here. A, he is not as good as Phillips, obviously. Phillips is hugely influential in that Leeds team and how we play, particularly defensively. Therefore, we won't be as good defensively. We already haven't been particularly good defensively. But he's four million. Four million defenders are hard to come by. At the minute, we've really only got Mitchell and that's about to dry up as well. So if you earn Mitchell like I do... Stroik is a really nice, easy option um, to kind of switch to. Now, Phillips is injured for what could approximately be six weeks. Um, Bielsa has said six weeks is not accurate. It could either be more or it could even be less. So he's kind of reminding us that none of us have crystal balls. Crystal balls! (laughs) None of us do have crystal balls either. And therefore... You kind of, realistically, in terms of... There's an international break in November again. Um, So we're kind of looking, game week-wise, kind of five or six. So it's short-term. Kind of in those those five or six, you've kind of got Villa, who you would maybe want a clean sheet against, but not at the minute. Um, Crystal Palace, um, West Ham, and maybe Everton at a point. Well, not Everton. Let's be honest, not Everton. So there's not... They're not standout fixtures from... Oh, that point of view, but you know, you're popular on your bench, you're playing for these clean sheet fixtures, and maybe you do okay. Maybe you're even looking at if you are wildcarding, or you still got the wildcards there, maybe you downgrade your existing Leeds defender, save yourself your point five there if you've got Ailing or Dallas, I'm assuming. Then you kind of save the money, you're not pressured to start him every week. You've got a bit, and then you can. Bring the other boy straight back in on your wild card. How's that for a how's that for a spooky little spooky little pick then? Finally on my team then, because I want to talk about me. You already know I've brought in Robertson, so that's kind of what I'm stuck with now. Captain is, I think, very difficult this week. It's currently on Salah. Just because I think Sheffield United just just aren't it. So that's where I'm at. I don't like captaining a Spurs player this week for the reasons I've mentioned. 
I also don't like captaining Jimenez despite the fixture. He just doesn't get those big returns. So sorry about that. The out there one is to back, if you've still got him, KDB. Or Sterling, if you've got him. Or if you've gone spicy from last week and you've brought in Aguero, go for it. There was talk about him being on penalty duties because he took one midweek um, and scored it, by the way. Um, but with KDB back, um, then that's that's not a thing anymore. So if you've got KDB, I wouldn't I wouldn't know why you wouldn't captain him to be honest, unless you just really back Liverpool, which is fair enough. So that's 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 kind of it. That's the kind of captains bottled off, and that's game week six bottled off. We've once again got a bit of a mad schedule. Um, Ideally, the podcast doesn't come out this late, but at the same time, with midweek games like we've had this week, I don't want to miss things. There's been injury news. It was only today that it broke that Rodriguez is injured and today that it broke that KDB is back. These are all things that affect things. Injuries can happen midweek. I just want to give you guys a relevant podcast. Close-ish to the deadline. Monday games make things more difficult. Friday games make it even worse. But here we are. I hope you've had a chance to listen. If you enjoyed it, let somebody know. If you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Thank you for listening this week and every week. Bye.